Hi, this is Aaron Azrod, and welcome to the 145th episode of the Truth Island podcast. There is no time like the present is probably one of the most important tenets of Buddhism and is something that every meditation practitioner hopes to achieve. It is also said that nothing is real but the present, as the past is never how we remember it, and the future will never turn out quite how we imagine it to. In fact, both the past and future, for the most part, remain inaccessible to us to manipulate, as it is only the present moment that remains in the palm of our hands to shape and control. And yet, despite this age-old wisdom, so much of our modern world demands that we think and prepare for the future. We are told that we need to earn certain degrees so that we will be able to land jobs or put aside a certain amount from each of our paycheck so that we will have something to retire on. While those who plan for the future may, ha- may, may have a leg up on those who simply enjoy the pleasures of the moment, a lot of this planning and thinking of future options can cause us a great deal of stress and anxiety, especially when things don't pan out as we intended. Joining me to help make the most of the present moment, I am once again joined by Kenny. Kenny, are you the type of man that sets some time each week to carve out goals and plan for the future, or do you just take life as it comes? I think it's a little bit of both, Aaron. We, um, my wife and I have a you know, certain time of the week or month when we you know, plan, plan our, usually just our budgeting and stuff like that for the month. But I mean, there's some things that we plan, like I just like the budgets, and um, I think, <laughs> I think, and then maybe our schedules, like you know, if we have um, what's it called, meetings with uh, our clients or friends and so forth. But beyond that, I think we're mostly go with the flow. Yeah, I I, I think go with the flow is actually uh, my preference, actually. Okay, so. I, I want to like break this apart because I, I like what you said that it, it is a balance. And like, I, I think if something, if there's one truth that we've discovered here on Truth Island, everything is a balance, right? <laughs> like absolutes just don't seem to fit in this very confusing world of ours. So mm. let's talk about that balance a little bit. Um, I would say that I ruminated and planned for the future a lot more in my 20s, you know, like uh, just, you know, I got to get through school, I got to get through this, I got to get good performance reviews at work. And society would actually pat me on the shoulder and say, add a boy, add a boy there, Aaron, you know, planning for that future, taking uh, the necessary steps, you know, uh, you know, and, and and like I said, society applauds that kind of behavior. We, we, we kind of, it's interesting because I remember we talked once before that like the villain, the villains of movies always have like these grand plans that they spent years and years making in order to control the world. And then the protagonist just rushes in there with no plan and just, blows up the death star or whatever you know so it, it, right like like that's kind of so society on one hand will pat you on the back and say way to go that's being a responsible adult but i did notice in terms of my mood and how i felt there's a lot of fear and anxiousness that kind of when you're ruminating too much on the future and preparing a little bit too much for it you start getting really, really anxious because there's a million things that can go wrong. Like just a million things that are out of your control that could, could just go wrong. And it robs you of the present moment to some degree. Like when you're over preparing for the future, you're unable to kind of just sit back and enjoy the, the, the small little beauties and pleasures of the present. So I'm wondering what advice you would have to kind of like figure out that right balance. 
Oh, man. So the first thing I would think I think of is people have to just stop feeling bad about wanting to live in the present. I know it sounds very hippie and it sounds very, you know, uh, new age. And a lot of people are, they think it's irresponsible. And often we have, we have made, we make philosophical associations that have nothing to do with whether a thing is true or not. It's more about, you know, um, is it cool? Is it not cool? You know, how do I look when I think about, well, it's true. Well, it's kind of, if, if, if it's true that, you know, um, the present is actually more important. So should I say the, future, the, past, the past and the future are non-existent, which I can get behind because really I, I can't touch the past and I certainly can't touch the future. I mean, they're conceptually in existence, but not actually in existence. So um, I think that first of all, is you have to get rid of, you know, the, the, the feeling guilty that you don't, that it seems as though you're not being as responsible as you ought to be. Um, and here's the thing about, and, and don't, don't, don't tell people what you're doing. Don't tell people that, hey, I'm you know, trying to live in the present. Because first of all, what businesses are there of theirs? Usually we want to tell people about how we're starting to live in the present so that they, you know, they can give us a, especially to those who we know will give us a credit, you know, like, oh yeah, what are, that's pretty cool, man. What is that about? You know, do you meditate, bro? That's dope, man. Wow, you're such a cool guy. And <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. it's also, it, it, it does like people can use that in like a condescending, like, Psh, I don't care about where I live, you know, right. And it, it kind yeah. of has that egocentric, like, like what I call the egocentric minimalist, right? Who he's, he's our guy with the, with the flip phone, right? Like he's like, I don't care about your, 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 and your iPhone 12. I've got my flip phone. Right. And there, there is a little bit of condescension in, in that kind of attitude towards life. I agree. Exactly. It's like, bro, I asked you the time. I didn't ask you whether you had a flip phone or not. And so the people, <laughs> so, you know, these guys, so that, I would say don't tell anybody, just try to make your own private little practice. So that's, so for this for two reasons, so that, you know, you're not the anxiety of, you know, others knowing that this is what you do is not, you know, um, it's not over, it's not overwhelming. Second is so that you don't screw yourself over by cheapening, cheapening this, this, um, this understanding. You know, because when you when you try to use an understanding, something you understand, something philosophically um, beneficial for popularity, it cheapens it. And you it's almost it's very interesting. You know, it's kind of like the <clears throat> the money that your parents give you rather than the money you earn. They say that the money you earn is the money that, you know, that you try to save and you try to you're actually pretty careful with. But the money that is actually given to you or stolen is not really um, in any way cared for. So this idea, until you know, until it's yours, until it's something that is naturally a part of you, something that you do without thought, something that you do without even wanting to do it, is until it's until it's that that much yours. I would say keep it to yourself. Wow. Let me just my. I, it's really amazing because my girlfriend just told me something like that just yesterday. Just to, like pretty much like Nothing. very similar, right? You guys are on the same wavelength here, and I, I I'm starting to see the wisdom in that. And there, there's also another thing that I'm starting to see is that when you tell people something about your lifestyle it gives them the opportunity to kind of point out contradictions within your own lifestyle. Whereas in actuality, you don't owe anyone an explanation for anything. Because if you 
taking your example, if you go around and say, I live in the present moment, I live in the present moment, but then you quietly set up like a, an IRA or some kind of like retirement thing, well, then all your friends can stab you and be like, well, hey, Mr. Hippie, you said that you lived in the present, but I noticed you have this like investment thing going on here. Whereas if you just don't tell anyone what it is that you believe and you just act upon what feels right, well, then you'll never get caught up in the cobweb of contradiction. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I know and love about human beings is that we love to uh, give each other crap. <laughs> we love to poke holes and, you know, uh, jest with one another. Uh, some out of really good humor, others out of just malicious intent. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, <laughs> uh, we just, we like doing it. And so people are going to take, take every opportunity they can, um, especially if they're close friends or people who really just secretly don't like you to get every shot, every chance they can to poke, poke a little hole in your, in your world. I, you know, I, I, I think it's a little, it's a little bit healthy though. I think it's a little bit of an exercise and it goes back to that, you know, it goes back up to this guy, right. Who like, let's say he only works out his chest and arms, but he never works out his legs and he doesn't do any kind of martial arts. He thinks he looks in the mirror and he looks his big bicep and says, yeah, my, my ideology is invincible, right? We have these folks that live in their own bubble and they, they look in the mirror and they see their ideology. They see, they see whatever their beliefs system is and they think they're invincible but sometimes your friends when they're poking holes in your ideology they're actually doing you a service because they're pointing out some of the weaknesses or some of the blind spots in your ideology but hey man you didn't work out your legs or hey man um is it always wise to live in the present moment when this or that is happening and they're doing you a service right because if you're if those friends just allow you to live in your hot air balloon and and allow you to soar up you're never going to get better and you're never going to improve and you're never going to grow Right. So if, if you don't have friends pointing out your weaknesses, you just remain oblivious to them. And eventually, uh, you know, a train is going to come heading your way and you're not going to know how to how to deal with it because no one ever pointed out the holes in, in the way that you were living. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, that's one of the, that's what friendship is. That's part at least part of what friendship is for. Um, so in the sense of I mean, even your enemies, when they poke holes, I mean, though they can be very, you know, um, unkind there is some benefit one of the, i remember someone telling me recently that you know it doesn't the question is not if what they said was hurtful or not the question is is it true you know so the so i think i think you're right there is there is a place for that and i think that's what a that's what a good that's what a good friend wouldn't let you you know walk into at least he's not he's not he's not gonna let you walk into a um a pit of snakes without you, you know, without, without giving you a shout out or a warning. And so, um, so absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a, there's a helpful, there's a very helpful part in that. Yeah. And it does, it does, it does make us a bit, it does make us wiser. It does make us stronger. It does make us more understanding and more good humored. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it certainly helps. Like when, when, you know, I, I think when an enemy points out your weakness, you do become defensive. So it's always good to have really trusted friends that are speaking to you and because you know when they're pointing out your weaknesses yeah. they're doing it out of that love and out of that care they're not pointing out those weaknesses to bring you down to defeat you they're doing it so that you can quietly you know go back and 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 you know refortify yourself and and rebuild yourself in a stronger mm. way okay i want to bring up a um a situation I, I think i talked about this with someone else but i'm curious to get your take on it and that's kind of how the pandemic changed the way 
that we think about the future. And, and the example I think is something that actually happened in my neighborhood yeah. in Queens, Queens, New York. There are many, many, many small business owners, you know, where I live who, you know, and it, if you run a small business, the, the level of sacrifice it takes is just immense. You know, many of these people, they borrow from friends, from family, from the bank, you know, they take out these loans from the bank at high interest rates. And the pandemic just decimated, like just completely destroyed a lot of these small yeah. businesses. Now, a lot of these people on paper, like if you look at them on paper, they seem like highly responsible people that really planned for the future. You know, they budgeted, they they allocated. And yet something like the pandemic just came along and wiped that clean, just, just completely destroyed years and years and years of hard work and careful planning. So I think, I mean, for me personally, like I'm not saying that you should not put any consideration towards the future. You know, we just discussed why it's a balance. I do think though, like I, I do I do have a tough time reconciling in my head. Like imagine you have a small business owner and the pandemic wiped out his business. And let's say that small business owner is 125 grand in the hole right now. He's in debt, right? Whereas there's some lazy dude sitting on his couch playing video games all day and he's like zero dollars in debt maybe maybe he doesn't have like a, a really high income but he has zero debt and there's something about that that is just like mind-blowing right like there's something that just is absolutely mind-blowing that the uh the, the the careful grasshopper who planned and saved and worked diligently might be 125 grand in the hole right now whereas the lazy dude who just played video games um has less debt than that dude how 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 do we make sense of this in this crazy it's so crazy i can't make sense of it well, well it it is it is crazy, but it's actually it's actually you know part of the way the world just works in the sense of yeah usually I mean there's usually usually the person who does make the plans ends up well doing much better than the person who didn't. Um, but every now and then, <laughs> every now and then that's just not the case. It's just not the case. I mean, people get lucky, people get unlucky. I mean, it was, I was just watching a video recently on YouTube by. The channel's name, but it's a brilliant guy. It talks about how you know, he was asking what's more important, luck or hard work. He found out that okay, people always say that hard work is incredibly important, and they're right, but luck is just as important, if not significantly more important than hard work, because you can work off, you can work. In, the, in this world, a lot of people are working. They're working their butts off. You're working your butts off for your spot, for that position that you're trying to get to. And there are people who are far more qualified than you are, who just simply never were never born in, a, in you know in the same country, let alone the right period, let alone the you know never had them um, how you say um, the awareness of the of that specific um, opening and so forth. And it, you find that there's a lot of luck that plays into our everyday lives and especially our professional lives. You know, We like to think that our the elites, as they call themselves, made it there because they were absolutely superb at what they did. Sure, some of them did. Some of them were just lucky or knew the right people and so forth. And uh, so you find that faith does not, I mean, faith, not faith, but faith does not always you know, favor the, <laughs> the well-prepared. But sometimes um, faith just you know, has a, has a seizure and says, you know, I'm going to pick some guy on a couch playing video games. <laughs> there, there's some truth in this because 
I think that if you're comparing yourself with millionaires and billionaires, there's no way you're not going to get bummed out of this world, right? And and I I, I think on one hand, it, it's tough because on one hand you have to be brutally honest with yourself, and then on the other hand you have to be brutally honest with this world. So the part where you have to be brutally honest with yourself is you say to yourself, "Where was I born? Who were my parents? What were the opportunities that were afforded to me? And did I make the most of them?" And that's that's a difficult conversation for everyone to have, right? Everyone wants to make it seem like there are obstacles where there are no obstacles, right? And it also it takes you it takes a certain degree of humility to kind of have that conversation with yourself because you want to, you know, some people create invisible barriers all around them because they don't want to take ownership for their own failures or their own lack of motivation. On, On the other hand, you could, if you're born on one of like the far corners of the earth and you're comparing yourself to Jeff Bezos or something, I mean, there's no way that, that, you know, there's no way that you're not looking up in the stars and being like, come on, man, like, really? Like, like, I'm supposed to go from here to over there. Like, like, that's, that's all on me. Whereas somebody else was born a lot closer to the top, like they were born a lot closer to the, to the, to the summit of the mountain, right? And, and like, I do think that there is some comfort that one could take some serenity that one could take and being like, hey, I was kind of just born here in the middle of the mountain or on the bottom of the mountain. And it looks like I'm going to be here for a while. So I might as well kind of take it easy a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no, there's no need to, uh, you know, well, freak out. And, you know, usually the thoughts, uh, the terrifying thoughts about the future and, you know, um, where it's taking us scare the, scare, scare the living daylights out of us. Um, but if we could, if we, if we could learn, I mean, it's, you know, for different people, it's a different story. So it's like, you know, <clears throat> though though the Buddhists actually, it is, a, you know, um, um, a, a staple of Buddhism. Um, it's also a staple in Christianity in the sense of, uh, I do believe it was uh, Christ that said something along the lines of, um, do, not, uh, do not worry about tomorrow, what you will eat, what you will drink, something along the lines of today has enough worries for itself. So... The point is simply, I mean, this idea, this idea has been at least has, has been has been you know reiterated by many um, great minds and many um, how you say um, religious leaders. The idea is simply that to worrying about the future is not in any way helpful. Is not in any way how you say. Uh, especially, so I mean, you, you find that stress really does kill. Stress is a very dangerous phenomenon that hurts your mind and your body. Hurts, can you imagine it? It's just worrying kills you. <laughs> can you imagine? And it is extremely draining because you have, extremely, you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Yeah. On your shoulders. And you find that, you know, you, you, you're like, you, you're like me, 29, looking 45. <laughs> what incarnation is going on? But the point is simply, you know, for those, uh, you know, it's different. For, it's different for people, and especially it depends on. And I, I think it often, often, not all the time, it often depends on your religious, you know, dispositions. Because people who don't believe, you know, in in a god per se, find it hard to do that because there's the, the presence is simply a, is is simply a means to get to the future. 
you know, and the future, because it's, it's not, nobody's, nobody's looking after them, nobody, parents, sure, parents are there, but, you know, you get, to, you, you're, you turn 18, and who gives a crap about you anymore, you're on your own, really, <laughs> parents only want to give you advice, they don't want to give you money anymore, it's a <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you find, you find that, you know, a lot of the a lot of the needs and a lot of the, the, the problems and anxieties you feel are often about money and about status, about you know profession, um, and uh, marriage. And these are things. All of these things. A lot of these things are tied to um, to money. And so you find it's hard. It's hard. It's it's it gets really hard. Very complicated for. Um, for people with a actually naturalistic worldview to figure out okay what's what why shouldn't i worry this these my life is literally today not going in any way the way i see it the way i want it to go the way i planned or envisioned it would go why shouldn't i worry well this i i can't give you an answer besides the fact that you'll suffer twice you know it will kill you yes um, so, so like i i think like a, a good another example of this is you know, a lot of millennials were told if you go to college, you know, and you work hard or whatever, you'll get like a, a good job or whatever. Right. Yeah. So all, all of that was predicated on future thought. Now that maybe there are some people who went to college and studied theater or philosophy or things that they truly loved and they enjoyed every step of the moment. Yeah. Right. So there's people who went to college and studied whatever the hell it is that they ple they wanted and they enjoyed every every moment of that journey. Yeah. But there's, I'm sure, a lot of quote unquote practical folk who studied something that perhaps they, they never had a passion or a zest or for, cared for yeah. uh, or cared for in the hopes of like, well, if I do this, tomorrow is going to bring, you know, I'm going to get a better tomorrow. I'm going to have a better future. And for a lot of millennials, that just simply has not come true. It just simply has not. They're just, they, they've graduated and found out, oh, wait a minute, uh, there are no jobs or the jobs that are available uh, pay significantly less than what I thought. And meanwhile, I have this $80,000 in student debt mm -hmm. and so forth. So it, that's kind of like an example where the person who went to school or did not go to school and was just enjoying that present moment and just reading and doing whatever it is that they liked might actually be happier than the person who's like, okay, let me study this thing because all my friends are telling me to study this thing. And I think it's going to be super practical and pay off uh, in the future when I graduate from here. So who's, who's right, who's wrong. It's a really tough call to make, but I, I feel like as of late, maybe things were different in the in the 70s or 80s or 90s. Maybe there was more guarantees and more stability, and you know things of things of that sort. But I think as of late, a lot of a lot of institutions or a lot of things that we place trust in seem to be turning over upside down. Yeah, because they they I, they always will. <laughs> it's always the case. They always will. There is no no institution that at some point. That, that will not crumble at some points. It's just not possible. It, I, I, it's, it's just not possible. Um, so basically the job, of, the job of every institution is to simply amass as much money as they can before they crumble, which is exactly what they try to do. But they never believe they're gonna crumble because they believe they're gonna last forever. But that's not true. Every institution will crumble. Um, but you know, the thing, another thing about this is the, the idea that, you know, first of all, People really, they like this idea. You tell, they, I don't, I, I'm, I, you'll be hard pressed to find someone you tell, you, you say, hey, listen, 
you know, don't worry about, you know, the future, live in the present, you know, take it easy, just live day by day and so forth. There's some people like, man, that makes sense. Like, it makes kind of, it makes sense to us when we hear it. Like, we, and we want to do it. We really want to, but we, we, we don't. No, we can't. We can, but we don't. Because it's almost like, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you're like, you know, you're, you just listen to a great song and you get up, you know, maybe you're at your computer, you get up, get up to go get some water or something and you come back and you're thinking, what the hell was, what? I know I just listened to that song, but I don't remember the name. I don't even remember the tune, but I, I still kind of know it was a good song, but I just don't know what the hell. Oh was. yeah. I can't memorize lyrics to save the life in me. So I, I definitely know that feeling. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we behave often when it comes to these kinds of things. You know, um, we hear it, we like it. We, we want to hold on to it. We don't hold on to it. And what ha- ends up happening is we end up, we still end up worrying about the future. We still end up worrying about tomorrow and so forth. Personally, for me, man, I think that this is like, this is actually a very, very important concept and very important truth because, and not to the point, not to the point of, you know, personally, and I don't know anybody who does this, but not to the point of saying, casting all care to the wind. I'm talking about every single thing. That makes no sense to me. But in the sense of knowing that you do what you can do. So the, the, the problem is not simply, the problem is not simply worrying about the future. It's worrying about the things in the future you cannot change, influence, control, which is a lot of it. There's some things you can try to influence, but then there's again, there's fate, there's chance, chance, the chance and times happen to every single one of us. And so you find that even the things you can control can be taken away from you in a blink of an eye, like the person who took out the loans. They could control that. They could take out loans, and they did, and they got screwed over. And it has nothing, it had nothing to do with there was it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a you know um laziness or you know irresponsibility on their part, but it was uh, uh is it irresponsibility or lack of sorry, <laughs> lack of responsibility on their part, but it was just chance, luck luck or lack of luck you know and we we like to believe that there's no such thing in this world we call it luck where we call it all luck but we find that it's a real thing you walked past an alley nothing happened to you the second person walked past an alley and got a bullet in the brain it happens it and there's no rhyme or reason to why it wasn't you and it was the second person so i i think that you know we can we can plan plan for the things that we can control but we also have to know that the things that we can control are also up in the air in a sense because there's no guarantee and so sure putting savings accounts investing making a savings account sure investing sure you know um making your plans and who you're going to see sure but Yes. And, and what you just, I mean, I actually think that I, I heard a really strong argument for living in the present in what you just said about, um, you know, one guy goes to an alley, walks out fine. The other guy walks into that same alley and, and leaves with a bullet in his head and now he's dead. Right. And suppose that dude who got a bullet in the head, let's say his last thoughts were the fact that he lost 15 grand in the stock market. Okay. Let's just say that guy is in the alley and his last thoughts are like, Oh, I can't believe I, you know, I, I, I listened to these hedge funds or whatever. Boom. Done. 
and and then and then like if we were like the guy has the bullet in the head but then we rewind his life for the past 15 years he's been just worried about the stock market worried about his ira worried about that retirement worried 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 it's like if you look at the past 15 years of that man's life he was completely robbed of the things that might have actually brought joy into his world you know yeah. and then just thinking of now we can't now i agree with you we can't live our life as if tomorrow i'm going to get a bullet in the head and i won't be here anymore right because we just we just can't do that right there's too yeah. much yeah. We, we just we just can't but at the same time i think it's always good to pause and say to ourselves if i die tomorrow or if i die today what did i spend the past 10 or 15 years thinking about or concentrating on i think i think that's an equally important question to be asking oneself Okay, so yeah, I mean, that guy, it's, and it's a tragic case. And, but here's the thing, a lot of people are living like that. A lot of people are living like that all the time. And you know what's funny? I've had a chance to talk to a lot of old people and uh, I don't know that any of them would say, you know, you need to worry more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, yeah. You know what I didn't do? I didn't worry enough. <laughs> 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 you gotta worry to a kid listen this life is crazy you gotta worry day and night okay that's really how to handle this and it's, it's and you know it's <laughs> you know what's actually funny I, you know me. when i was a kid i spent a lot of time with my grandmother and this is what i actually find extremely wonderful about elderly people people yeah. think you know elderly people they're actually they're elderly people are a valuable asset in our society yeah, right and we need we need we need to go back to we need to go back to the confucian way of seeing that and i'm going to tell you why why is that the most <clears throat> the most fearful people that i've ever met are people in their 20s they are so afraid they're afraid about being they're afraid about their future they're afraid about being judged about others they're they're afraid oh, you know oh my god my boss is going to think this they're they're fearful fearful you can smell the fear because they have their whole life ahead of them right if yeah. you're in your 20s you have your whole life ahead of you and you're so f afraid of every misstep like oh my god i didn't get that job now my life is going in a completely uh different direction it's all gonna right that they're and they're living you can smell the fear emanating from them that that's yeah. why when you work with you ever have a job and you work with people in their 20s they always throw each other under the bus they always throw mm -hmm. each other under the bus because they're afraid they're like i can't lose this job uh, he did it he did it right that's how the people in their 20s operate because they're living in constant fear elderly people though they know that most of their life has already been written and so it's already over and they're kind of just waiting to die and that actually liberates, I feel like that liberates them to live in the present because the, the fact that there's not that much that they can do to kind of change their station or change what has happened or, or changed anything else allows them to actually see the present for what it actually is, right? Because like they don't need to worry about what direction their life is going in because it's practically over. And that's, that's a really immensely like liberated state to be in because you can act, you actually have the ability to live your life with no fear because you know that your life is pretty much over. So whatever you say or do is not going to have that much of an impact. Might as well sit on a park bench and kind of enjoy the wonderful clouds and sunshine. Yes, um, the, I mean, I, I believe that. I believe that absolutely. But I and I also think that you know, um, it's really hard for for the, for people in their twenties to get this. They're just a, just just a sheer reason, just 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 the the, the the explanation, because you know, 
these days we are we often think that what we feel is incredibly important don't get me wrong i'm not one to say it's not doesn't matter i'm one to say, i'm not but i'm not I, I i don't i don't believe that it should be how you say the the force or the the, the initial force by which we live our life and when when the anxiety or the fear of the future and it's, it's rampant it's very depressed nation especially amongst the youth very anxious people very anxious people and it's you know the 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 anxiety is is ridiculous yes. the, amount, the amount of people who are worried about and it's, you know it's usually about the future and it's usually about um how they're perceived by others and so forth so yeah future, future and perception perception of others you know what's you know what's incredible, man? And I'm just thinking about this now, listening to you speak. Hmm. It's like the it's like the more future you have ahead of you, the more anxiety that creates. Like you would actually think that being young would bring you comfort. You actually think that youth would bring you comfort of like, man, I you know I could do that in my 30s. I could do that in my 40s. I could do that in my 50s. Like you would think that youth would bring you comfort, but it's actually the opposite. It's like the closer you get to death, the better you feel. It's like, it's like you, you feel better almost when it's like, oh, you know, I have much less years to worry about. Like, it's just, it's just, it's, you know, it's going to end soon. And like, it's actually very, it's, it's, it's real. Isn't that, isn't that how life is funny like that? That like the more years you have to worry about, the more the, you feel that weight on your shoulders, but then the less years you have in front of you, the better you feel, because you know that, that death is just going to, sweep over you and put you to that nice that nice wondrous sleep in a way yeah i mean a lot of a lot of those who are older have done a lot of things that they wanted to do they accomplished a lot of them have accomplished their goals but even if they haven't accomplished their goals they've still they've had goals accomplished um for them by the world in the sense of even if that's not what they plan on doing they did something you know what i mean they may have been a, a carpenter or a uh um, um or an accountant all your life but and that's made me what you wanted to do but you did it and you did it successfully you know and so they they really have good reasons to not be they just they're just done they're waiting for the end to come and um you've had a lot of time to process death at least hopefully had a lot of time to think about it had a lot of time to accept it um had a lot of time to uh to not to not regret it as much you know um, but the young, young, the, the the young lads have a lot of regrets. Many of them haven't reached the, what you know attained what they wanted to attain. Many of them aren't married. Many of them have have kids but haven't seen their kids grow up. Uh, many of them haven't uh, haven't gone to those countries they wanted to go to. It's just to them the the fear of all those things, the fear of missing out, the fear of not being around to experience those things. You know, it's it's crippling. Um, so yes, I, I do believe that the further away we are from those from those years, and we are certain we're certain we deep down inside we're certain that we can die. You know, we, we're certain of that. We don't believe we're immortal. Sure, we behave like that on camera. You know, like you see these kids doing backflips into you know two inch pools. It's like, yeah, you think you're you know you just do it, and, um, but. You know, sometimes showing up to your friends is far more important than <laughs> it's far more important than our fears. God knows, I've, I've, I've yeah. decided to do something stupid. So the point is simply that you know, um, 
we don't want we don't want to we don't want to not we don't want to not live we want to live and we want to accomplish those things that we want to accomplish and then once we do we think we'll, we'll be ready for death but i think as as we go on with life we kind of process death little by little throughout our life yes yes i i think i i definitely think that death integration because death is one of those topics that we kind of avoid like the plague but i actually think that death integration is a very positive thing because i think and you know i don't think anyone can fully accept it fully right no one like it, it's really hard to fully process it but the closer you get to processing it i feel like the more freedom the more wiggle room that you have to kind of negotiate the space now there's a second thing that i think is plaguing our young people What's that? that is quite particular to this generation and that is the abundance of choice like we have in in terms of career in terms of who you marry there's there's a lot of choice and yeah. if there's a lot of choice there's going to be a lot of regret right because if you were born in the middle ages and you were like okay uh my my dad is a peasant and he's a farmer i'm going to be a peasant um and i'm a farmer uh there's only 10 women who are the same age as me living in my town um it looks like only you know one of them is going to be the one that i marry there's not that much choice and there is not that much to get worried about and there's not much anxiety to be had because you don't have a choice it's like your father was a peasant farmer you're going to be a peasant farmer no need to worry about it that's just the way it's going to be and there is something that there, there is something that's quite liberating about that because it, it allows you to enjoy the present moment even more because let's just say, for example, you're living in the 21st century and you're an accountant. Well, then you can always say, oh, well, what if I decide to become an engineer or what if I decide to become an actor or what if I, you know, you have all of these multitude of options of miss of like what you just said missing out you have the, the you have the the multitude of options that's weighing down on your shoulders at every single moment saying well what if i did this what if i did that whereas if you were in the middle ages it's like you don't need to worry about any of that you're going to be doing this no matter what it is that you think and on one hand it does allow you to appreciate that sunshine a heck of a lot more because you don't have to worry about what else you could be doing because you really didn't have much of a choice to begin with I agree with that. The choice, the, the the problem of choices, and it is often a problem, is that you know, to those who have no place, no 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 uh, no ground to stand on, choices are very terrifying. Now, for a person who has the right head on your shoulders, um, a mind that's mature, and has and has you know understanding, um, <clears throat> a mind that has understanding. A uh, choice is not in any way a hindrance. It's actually um, it's a benefit um, because not now you have a chance to now you have a chance to well pick pick amongst many things, and uh, even knowing only knowing fully well that you can only pick one, uh, you'll take your time to pick the right one at least the right one for you. Um, but for those for those who don't have the same understanding, who are incredibly anxious people, choices choices are not good. Um, because the, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't. <laughs> and it's, it's a hard situation to be in, but it's, um, it's, uh, it's one of those things we have to train ourselves to understand that this is the world we're living in. We have to train ourselves to, you know, um, to kind of accept that we're going to have a lot of choices. I mean, you go to, you go to, you go to Domino's and there's a lot of choices, you know what I mean? I mean, how many ways can you make pizza, you know, but you can. And so, and let alone, let alone, you know, the choices you have to make in everyday life. 
um, not every, at least not everyday life, it's all throughout your whole life, you know, where you will live, you know, um, what job will you take, college will you go to, will you, um, will you, uh, will you marry the girl or will she marry him? Like, you know, do you, um, do you like, do you like, you know, uh, coffee or not, whatever. It's, it, it's, it's, it can get overwhelming. You can get overwhelming. Yeah. And, and this is why I, I hate shopping malls. I don't know if I told you this or someone. I hate, oh, no kidding. I hate the shopping mall because there's too much, there's an abundance of choice there. And whatever pair of jeans, whatever shirt you pick, you're always in the back. Well, maybe I should have gone with that other one. Maybe that one was, the, you know, it's like, like, right. And, and then like, I think, I actually think that the more money you have, the worse it gets because now you're like, well, I could buy all of these. Right. And it's like, I'm at, but whereas if you go back to the 1930s or something, it's like, okay, my, my low, my local Salvation Army only has this, I guess I'm just going to have to make do with it. You don't have that weight of that anxiety of like having to worry about, oh, did I, did I pick the right color or did I pick the right thing? Now, since there's no going back, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I do believe in the in the forward uh, march of progress. I and mean, we can't go back to the middle ages. We can't go back to the 1930s. We're gonna have to live in this world of eBay and Amazon and shopping malls and, <laughs> and choice. I think, I think maybe the only thing that we can really do though is coming to embrace and accept the choices that we make and just telling ourselves that it is the right thing or it was meant to be this way and i think i think maybe that's maybe that's the missing part in our evolution of where you you have let, let's say you get accepted into 10 colleges or whatever it is you choose one and no matter what happens at that college that you choose maybe it was a terrible experience maybe it was a good experience or somewhere in between you're able to kind of just say to yourself well good bad or indifferent it was meant to be this way how, how do you feel about that well, you can say it if you believe it. If you don't believe it, then absolutely do not say it. Because if you say it and you don't believe it, <laughs> you'll answer yourself. And that's a very interesting thing to place for human beings to be. And that causes all kinds of, you know, madness. So if you do believe that, in fact, it was meant to be implying that there was some, how do I say this? Implying that there's some either deity or some, um, um, right, re, well, reason, reason is, you know, reason is mind, reason is intelligence, so deity of some sorts behind it, you know, yes. whether, the, whether the fates or the gods, yeah, sure, if it was meant to be, you can say that if you believe that's what, what's going on, sure, um, but if you don't believe it, you're talking nonsense, because it's not that it was meant to be, there is no meant to be, if there is no, there is no orchestration of, you know, if, there, if, there, if this, if, if all this is, you know, is if we're living in a cold, dead, silent world and, and, and the universe says nothing but low, low, um, um, low hums through space, then no, it wasn't meant to be, you made a choice and you had to live with your choice. And that's where, that's, that's that can be terrifying that's very terrifying and so but but it's the truth at least it's the truth according to how you see the world then there's a, there's certain times where something is true even if something is not true it's still true in the sense of you may think that um um your friend had given you you know given you a side eye 
because he was upset with you and you you you, you registered that as oh he's upset with me someone asks you someone asks you the next day says how are you and john doing he says oh, i don't know why but john's a bit upset with me now that's true it's true that's what you think it's true you it, it's true in the sense of your own perceptions of the world but you find out later that when he speaks to john he had you know, some sort of dust in his eye and he was trying to get it out and you find out my goodness it wasn't true so it was true to you because you believed it you believed it in a sense of you you reasonably and honestly believed it it was it wasn't it wasn't it, based on your your relationship with john it was a reasonable thing to believe um but you find out that there was an actual objective thing happening outside of your subjective you know thing so the, the idea simply is yes if um, if you believe it to be true that there is no um, there is no God, there is no deity, there is no intelligence, there is nothing beyond beyond this human experience, then you cannot say that it would be dishonest. Okay, I, I, I hear you and I think that's that's a good clarification. What I'm gonna refine what I said earlier and, and tell me what you think about it, okay? Let's go to our situation where this guy has 10 colleges um, and he selects one and he ends up at a college that he really, really, really hates. Okay. Absolutely hates it there, hates every minute, right? Yeah. And when you have an absence of choice, you have no choice but to accept that it was meant to be. And here, here, here's how. Suppose that guy goes to that college and he really, really hates it. And let's say he tries to transfer. Let, let's just say he tries to transfer to another college and it's just not possible. He just keep, for whatever reason, he can't transfer another college. He has to stay at the one that he's at. Mm. I think that the only reasonable thing to say in that circumstance is that it was meant to be. Perhaps, perhaps maybe the, a divine force is forcing me to stay here and maybe suffer a little bit and be a little bit uncomfortable. And that's okay. It's meant to be. Now, if that person has the option of transferring, right? Let's just say they, they talk to their guidance counselor or whatever, and they're able to transfer. Well, then maybe it's meant to go from one place to the next because you had that freedom of choice. You have that, that freedom to kind of manipulate your situation and go somewhere else, right? So I think that when people say it's meant to be, they say that when there are no other choices and that kind of brings serenity, right? If you have other options, like if that guy is at that college and he has the option to transfer to another college, but he says to himself, no, 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 I am meant to suffer here. Oh, whoa, woe is me. You know, I'm meant to suffer here. I will not transfer. I will, I will bear, I will suffer here. Well, no, sir, you have the option to transfer and you have the option to, to go somewhere else. You do have options. Yeah. But I think when people say it's meant to be, it's when, all other options are pretty much closed off. No, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think I think that's true. The only the only thing is that you know it's not everybody that can say men's to be. It's still the same thing with the because uh, um, men's implies some sort of guidance. Um, while for him who has no guidance, it's just what happened. You ask the person the song the lines of so why are you here? Just what happened? I can't leave. It's what's happened. It's what's happening. You know, there is no reason behind it. There's no greater purpose behind it. No, um, no guiding behind it. It was a choice that I made that I cannot get out of. Um, and it, and so I think there are two types of people: it's people who can say men's to be, and people who cannot say that honestly, at least, and say something else. I, I mean, like I said, everyone, everyone's entitled. I don't judge anyone. Like you know, you're in, Everyone's entitled to live life 
the way that they feel most comfortable, right? Like I, like if like life is a a business, but I'm the one, I'm that cool boss who says business casual, dress how you want, haha. Oh, you came in in pajamas, right? Like come to life however you want to be dressed. You want to come in in a business suit, awesome. You want to come into work in pajamas, that's totally cool. Yeah. I find that the meant to be is extremely helpful for me at least. And again, this is me wearing my pajamas or wearing what it is that I like to wear to work, right? And and the reason I say the meant to be is so helpful is because I have been thrusted into situations where I've, I've not been able to make heads or tail as to why why it was so bad, why I was suffering there, why 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 did I suffer for so long? Right? I can't I can't make anything logical out of it. Hmm. I, I say to myself, if it was meant to be, then perhaps there was a certain level of maturity. Perhaps there was a certain level of um, humility. I, I think that when we suffer a lot it really humbles the soul and it does so in a very positive way, right? Because mm-hmm. if you've met, like, let's just say you meet one of these like trust fund kids or whatever, right? It's like, you can hear, when someone has come from a very privileged background, you can hear that sense of entitlement just flowing from that, that, that sense of grandiosity, that grand, that sense of like entitlement flowing smoothly from their lips. Mm-hmm. And the tiniest little thing goes wrong. Like, I didn't ask for whipped cream in my mocha latte, you know, right? right? Like, and they, they flip out, right? And you can hear that. Whereas that suffering kind of cultivates the soul, you know what I mean? It kind of cleanses that soul and, and removes yeah. that, that inclination of entitlement and those inclinations of like, um, you know, like, well, you know, I, I, I should be able to control everything left and right. Whereas sometimes that suffering is meant to be because it, it's making you into a stronger person in some way. And that's the only, yeah. that's the only thing that now that doesn't mean that you suffer unnecessarily. If there's, if there's an eject button, press the damn eject button, right? Like that eject button is there for a reason, press the button and get the hell out of there. Yeah, but I, must I must suffer, right? There's, there's no virtue in just needlessly suffering, right? No, but at the same time, I, I think a lot of us are thrusted into situations where uh, we're in circumstances that are beyond our control. And that, yeah. that process of suffering is a smoothing out of the soul. Oh, I think so too. I think that nothing makes us more uh, relatably human than suffering. It's one of the things that we all experience, whether rich or poor, whether black, white, or Asian, we all suffer. And it makes us, uh, it counts us to hell down, pulls, off, you know, pulls us off of our little thrones that we build for ourselves. So I, I think that I, I think we're going to close out soon. I think I'm going to give you my final thoughts and, and you can, you know, give me a yes or no yes. as to what you think. Okay. Final, final thoughts on this present moment. And, and thank you, man. Like I, I would never have come up with these final thoughts without you. So thank you. Um, okay. When times are really good and we have a Plenty, like lots of options in front of us. We're in that shopping mall. Times are good. Uh, the the savings account is looking pretty high. You have all these job offers. You're on your LinkedIn. You got millions of job offers. Everything is good. Yeah, it's time. It's yeah, it's good. Life is you're you're riding high. Maybe it's not. It's actually not the moment to be um, necessarily too stuck in the like. You should be perhaps 
focused a little bit about taking agency over your life, choosing wisely, choosing correctly, mm -hmm. thinking about the future, because you've been gifted. You've been gifted all of these different options. And you owe it to yourself to really take those options seriously and choose the option that will be best for you because you've been gifted with a plentitude of wonderful options. Choose what's best for you and take that time and plan for your future accordingly. However, if you're ever thrown into the depths of hell and there are no options, maybe that's the moment where you start kind of enjoying the present moment and being like, ah, I'm stuck here in this prison, but I'm gonna, and I have no other options. I'm going to enjoy it. So it's kind of it's, it's kind of interesting because we're always thinking that we should live in the present when times are good, but maybe maybe living in the present is best when we're completely um, out of options. How does that sound to you as final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's um I would say okay, I think that the idea of living in the present living living a bit in not I don't know if, if it's totally, but I would but living in the uh not living but planning for the future when things are going well that's actually not a bad idea i think it's a pretty good idea and i think that living in the presence so i would say yes but i, I would i would i would say this that it's important to live so in the presence in in when when, when things are going well in the presence um it's super important that you enjoy it people make a lot of money i have no idea how to enjoy it like they really don't know what to how to enjoy their money they do things don't get me wrong they go to movies they buy things but their souls are so they don't know how to enjoy enjoy things you know um so i think it's important to people to learn how to enjoy the good things that they have for those who can give thanks let them give thanks for those who can so i'll let them just enjoy it and be a, be a helpful hand to other people I now go ahead now when it comes to suffering you know I think that in both places, enjoying when when things going well and things going bad, living in the present is super is just super helpful. It's very helpful because that's not just for the experience, but it changes you into a certain kind of person. I think it changes you into the kind of person who is strong, a strong-willed person, strong-minded person, because you're not tossed back and forth by you know by the circumstances, by either your good circumstance or your bad circumstance the, the 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 promise of tomorrow's failure and you know or the, the the accusations of yesterday's embarrassments they don't come haunting and if they do come haunting you don't give a crap because your mind your mind has been focused like you've been doing this for let's just say you've been doing this for many years and it's not even it's no longer even a thing you don't even you don't even you don't spend a, you don't spend a you know a, a quarter of a quarter of a second entertaining any of those thoughts i think that's all the time, you know, but to some degrees, like for me, it's like, you know, 80% presence and 80% is, or should I say even, let's say 90% is about focusing right now on the present. And 10% is about dealing with what you need to deal with, what you can deal with about the future. Yet at the same time, knowing fully well that all that could fall apart by your death today, um, some unforeseen circumstance tomorrow and so forth. I, wow, I think that's an incredible addition. I'm going to revise my thought based on what you just said. I'm going to revise my thoughts again. Just one, one last. I want. I want to get this right, man. <laughs> okay, I'm going to revise it. So both when times are good and times are bad, live 
in the present, like, because you want, because when times are good, you, you do want to enjoy that goodness, right? You want to enjoy uh, some fun at TGI Fridays with your pals, right? Like, and that's important. You need to enjoy that, right? Live in the present, both when times are good or bad, but when times are good, you are also living in the present by making choices for your future. How does that sound? Okay, I can see that. I like that. That's dope. All right, we did it together, man. It, 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 team effort, excellent. <laughs> uh, well, Kenny, thank you for uh, thank you so much for making my present moment so good today. Oh, thank you. No worries, my good man. Thank you too, Aaron. This concludes the 145th episode of the Truth Island podcast. I'm Aaron Azrod.